0: The goal of Data Transformers podcast is to accelerate digital transformation by bridging the gap between business outcomes and rapidly advancing technologies, and we aim to bridge this gap by focusing on data. I am Peggy Sai, Top 50 Women in Tech Influencer, co-author of the AI
1: book, and Data Governance Expert. I am Ramesh Danta, an entrepreneur, a tech blogger, and AI enthusiast.
0: Hi everyone welcome back to another episode of data transformers with peggy sai that's me i'm a data practitioner turned data podcast host and
1: and the co-host ramesh danta i'm a serial entrepreneur i'm an author practicing data management analytics professional
0: for today's Uh, episode i'm really pleased to have abel Albo from easyjet he's a data management lead Thank you, Abel, for joining us today.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: Um, Would you like to uh, talk a little bit about uh, what company you work at and what you do at that company?
2: Okay, so um, I think just um, so I would say that Isajet is my former employer at the moment. So I'm in the transition to getting to where I would certainly disclose my new employer. Um, However, um, just the last couple of months, yeah, the last couple of months and over a year, I was working for EasyJet where I was uh, part of the team, you know, leading the data management, embedding data management into the organization. For those of you that don't know who EasyJet is, EasyJet is um, a low-cost carrier in the UK and predominantly in Europe. If you ever use a plane in Europe, you definitely see the orange planes. And that's EasyJet. Um, it's one of the FTSE 100 organization in the UK, just over 20 years old, um, but really doing really remarkably. But unfortunately, the coronavirus has really caused a bit of a strain for the airline industry and the travel industry, as you know. So,
1: Abel, do you want to disclose on this podcast who your new employer is? So, unfortunately,
2: I wouldn't be able to do that, but I think the next couple of months um, people certainly that's following me on linkedin or connect with me on Twitter, will certainly be able to know that Uh, I would love to do it, but. I don't think i'm in the position at the moment to disclose but certainly I would do that for those people check me out in the next couple of weeks or so, you would definitely find um, an update as well concerning that subject matter that's
1: fine.
0: Definitely, definitely stay tuned so Abel, um I've been actually following you on LinkedIn because there's just so much uh, wealth of knowledge um you've really established yourself as a data management um, professional and expert. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about the your other data governance experience prior to easyJet
2: yeah so i've been I've been uh, I think my journey has been quite um you know exceptional uh, i'll use that word and um uh, because I, I went to uni so i studied human resource management and that's where i did my first degree in university of lincoln and then i went over to Strathclyde business school in glasgow to study human resource management as well um, i did work in different organization um i've worked across different sectors and um, doing human resources but i think just about eight years ago I was I joined an organization which is one of the defense, um, the, one of the top defense contractors in the UK, which is called BAE Systems. Um, I was part of the neighborship business, but well, doing HR in that business, and they were looking for a couple of people to come in into a transformation space to help them um, embed some new transformation, what the business was thinking about. And data management was one of them. So I was chosen. Um, because I think I do, un- I do understand the business from a people point of view. And obviously I'm passionate about technology, but I also recognize the value data can bring. So I was part of the team that was um, asked to embed data governance and data quality, and in essence, data management as a business capability. And we did that from a POC proof of concept to business as usual. And the journey took us just about five years and after then I was I moved over to the financial services where I briefly spent about few, um, about eight or nine months there working for HSBC and global um, HSBC and um, obviously in London in Canary Wharf the head office there and after that then I moved over to EasyJet as well so um, I, I've been lucky um, coming from HR but more importantly then diving into data management and just seeing the value data can bring into organization and I'm super excited about it. I'm really passionate about the profession, to be honest.
1: That's a great transition coming from a HR background. Uh, so it, it's fascinating that uh, Peggy and I are talking to different professionals. You know, some started from a you know, technical background like a computer science and then people like you, um, you know, HR that proves the point that this whole data governance, data management is about people. Process and technology. That means you can come from any one of those backgrounds and become, you know, a good data management, data governance professional. So you really prove that point.
2: Yeah, I totally agree with you. Yes, and that's why I say to people, um, just just be passionate about it. Um, data. Um, when I was coming into the space, someone once told me that data is a thing. Um, it's just about context, basically. So once you understand that from an abstract point of view. You just need to understand the business you understand the people you understand the process and the technology um, and then i think you should be fine to be honest um, and yeah those are the core things i would say the core pillars um, to just help you in the in your data journey profession or data journey agenda or whatever you want to do um, if you if that's what you want to do basically
0: yep. but going back to um you originally started in hr and I know that when I've done data governance projects, HR has always been, you know, one of the core champions of data governance, because if you don't have good data on your employees, it's really hard to run operations. operation. So can you talk a little bit more about some of the data challenges perhaps you saw in HR that kind of spurned your, your love for data governance?
2: Yeah, I think um, that's a good one, because I was, um, you know, in terms of my journey being in, um, you know, data management, I've worked in two roles where specifically I've been involved in HR, um, doing data management as well. So my previous role with HSBC, uh, which is a global organization, um, they were, they just got a new technology, um, and they just want to make sure that in order to optimize the technology, they need to manage their data properly. And um, so they brought people like myself to in order to support that. And I think it's very important. You might be running a global organization of 300,000 K people in mm. over 60 countries, or you might be running an organization is you know, is five feet people or 10 people. In as much as you want to draw some insight from your people, I think data is fundamental. And then or in EasyJet, my former employer, as I just mentioned earlier, And we did a project for them, which was just helping them understand um, the starter, mover and lever um, business processes and understanding their data, understanding the processes, understanding what what are the critical elements of the data there, and then measuring the data, putting some governance in place as well. And I think that it brings really value because for HR, um, it's not just about managing people. You've got to understand the people from a data point of view. Mm-hmm. And not just the people specifically, but also the other business processes as well that supports the people to deliver their day-to-day roles and responsibility. So I think data drives most of these things anyway. When you're talking about, let's just take, for example, um, a recruitment process, okay? Um, you need to capture data, you need to send data to you know, internal, external parties as well. It just depends what the organization is doing. So data is key. Our data obviously is used within processes, and HR is not any different from other operations as well, like engineering, you know, ops, finance, and every other op- f- f- functions in the business.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree with Peggy that uh, the employee, uh, the, the human resources, is, is a key, key function. You know, where data uh, pay, uh, plays a very key role so the other thing that um, so when peggy, and peggy said hey you know we are going to bring able onto the show then i started looking into you know your passion for data one of the things that you've sent out to us to look at uh, the what we are calling them able's 10 commandments of data management and data governance so you want to yeah. talk about your 10 commandments Abel?
2: yeah thank you so much um i think for the last couple of years now i've just been advocating um because I always say to you know, being in the trenches, I've learned a thing or two got data management. And and because I'm passionate about data management, I felt that I think it's important to have my voice and uh, with the conversation around just getting professionals and for those people that are already in to think about it strategically and operationally but also to think about it tactically as well and for those people that are looking to come into the space for them to understand the key ingredients that is needed for them to be successful to deliver any data proposition. So for me, the first thing is people, Um, you need to have the right team, Um, you need to have a blend of um, business and technical acumen. And you need to have people that understand psychology, that understand people, you know, from an emotional point of view as well, because that's fundamental because you're working with people. The second thing for me is communication Um, communication is key. I always say to people, make sure you don't drop the communication ball because communication is fundamental. Uh, you know, the way I look at communication for me is the same level with people. Um, you have to make sure that you're good in your communication in the business and outside the business so that your key stakeholders understand what you're doing, what you're about to do and what you're delivering. And um, the third thing for me is change management. Data management for me, a big part of data manage- and data management is also change management. Because you're changing behaviors as well. So you've got to understand the principle around change management. You can then take those practices as well. The fourth thing for me also is around framework. Um, You cannot deliver data management without frameworks. You've got to have some specific framework. So for example, you can have organizational frameworks. So for example, you can have a measurement framework. If you want to do data quality, you've got to have a measurement framework where you need to measure your dimensions and your measures and what you need to do, and you need to communicate that as well. Um, The fifth thing for me is that you've got to think about a blueprint and what I call a blueprint. Some people call it an enterprise view. What that means is you've got to have a a bedside view of your data and your landscape. So in terms of architecture or where your data sits and all that, so you can focus on what you need to do. So you have to do that incrementally. Um, The sixth thing for me is technology. I think technology is important. I always say to people, technology is just an enabler. People make technology work, but you need to make sure you're sourcing the right technology for your estate, you need to make sure you're sourcing the right technology for your architecture. You need to make sure you're sourcing the right technology that works for your organization. And because there are loads of vendors out there. Um, The seventh thing for me, I always tell people to think about basically sponsorship and sponsorship is really important. So most people will talk about senior sponsorship, but I say to them, get the senior sponsorship, but more importantly, think about middle management as well because media management can support you to do the heavy lifting in organization. Mm -hmm. Um, The eighth thing for me I always talk about when I think about this is around accessibility. You know, people should be able to have access to your team. Your team should be positioned in the business where people understand where you are, and then they can have access to you, they can have access to your report, they can have access to your dashboard. It could be a governance dashboard, it could be a a business glossary, it could be uh, a data dictionary, whatever you want to put out. People should be able to access that within the business as easy as possible. The ninth for me, I call it active listening. I realize that sometimes because most data management people are coming from technical background, The soft skill around able to listen to people, to understand what they're saying so you can able to capture their requirements and understand what you can deliver for them is key. So if you don't listen to them properly, then you can't understand what they're trying to say to you, or you won't be able to deliver to them. And I think that's absolutely critical. The 10th for me is about support. Sometimes we feel that we're too self-reliant on ourselves. We need to go out in the business. We need to ask people for support. You know, we need to speak to the IT team to give us support. We need to speak to the operation team to give us support. So for me, if you can do those 10 things very well, I think you can deliver any business, any data management proposition, to be honest. So yes, is my 10 commandments, but I'm really readily always wanting to talk about those things and making sure that I'm joining my voice to the conversation to help data management professional all over the world, basically.
0: Abel, thank you so much. Those are really fantastic um, 10 tips. And actually, while you were rattling them off, I was like, wow, first of all, you know them. <laughs> Those are all the tip of your fingers. Um, okay. And I actually had a, a few questions I wanted to um, ask you. Um, first of all, it's, it sounds like some of your tips overlap uh, data, the concepts of data culture and data literacy. Um, would you agree and would you actually Absolutely. use those terminologies, uh, those words as well in, in your 10, 10 commandments?
2: <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think one of the key things we struggle with within the space at the moment is around terminology. We don't agree on what is what, um, but I think we're maturing and now we start thinking about it strategically and holistically. I think that's good. Um, but before we get there, I think you're right, data literacy is what is important because is around taking someone that's not familiar, um, that don't understand data nomenclature, that don't understand data properties, that don't understand nothing about data, but able to embrace it. And I think it's about the people, it's about the human being, it's not about the machine, it's about the human being. And we, if we can get our head around those human being and how we can work with them, how we can change them, how we can take them from a denial stage to acceptance stage, for example, just using change, change, the change cover as an example, I think we we we'll we definitely make progress. So data culture, data literacy, all those things fancy full words, but in practicality if we can do those little bits and bobs I just talked about, you certainly be able to deliver the data proposition and more importantly you can improve on the data culture and the data literacy vis-a-vis. Yeah. See um
1: Abel, uh, one of the things Peggy and I are trying to accomplish through this podcast is essentially bridge the gap between the business goals and business outcomes and the technology initiatives right so more often than not what happens is the stakeholders each of them are thinking from their own perspectives right so if the business people increase the revenue reduce the cost you know more efficient in organization technology professionals, like how can I implement latest technology, latest, you know, whatever that is, right? So uh, more often than not, there's a gap between them, right? So given your 10 commandments or the things that, you know, you really live by, and then coming from HR background, so the question that I have for you, you know, whether the BAE systems where you started off, you know, there, what were the business outcomes, were you asked or were you focusing on in accomplishing using data as the glue?
2: Okay, so for my experience, you just use um, MBA as, a, as an example. One of the key things they wanted to do was they wanted to deliver the product on time, on budget. Okay, and they want to make sure that it's right first time and on schedule. Um, on schedule is very important for them because uh, we're talking about multi 1000000000 dollar um project basically and most of the money comes from the, the taxpayers so the government needs to show value for money basically and in order to do that they've got a bunch of massive engineering team you know if you've been in an engineering organization they are so fragmented so you've got what they call a stage one engineering stage two engineering stage three engineering you know people are designing the concept people are looking to do some you know Designs in terms of card models, and people are looking to then going down to the factory to 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 um, to create that thing that's been designed already. So there are different levels, but more importantly, I think because they use data, we what our purpose was how can these people do this right first time? Number one, how can they ensure that the quality is right, okay? And how can they ensure that they deliver it on the right time where? You know, based on the plan so you've got a program plan that you've got to deliver on your program plan and when you deliver on your program plan you deliver on the milestones and everything i've just talked about data is all part of it because if you have the planning data you have what the engineering the engineers are doing you have the data you make sure that the data is of the right quality because it's been controlled managed and assessed right then you can have confidence in the output of the engineering teams and when they deliver the output so the guy that is going to go down to the factory or the production line to build that thing would have confidence as well so they, they're not going to get there and then go back to change anything because whatever they're given is 100 percent complete so i think data helps you to give that confidence as well and one of the things i say to people about three things for me, I always talk about when I talk about data management is it's important to data should help you to know something. Data should help you to trust something. And data should help you to use that thing confidently. So if you can do those three things, then you're good. But if you're struggling to do one or two of them, then you just need to ask yourself the question if you're actually delivering value for any business. That's actually
0: great. Know your data trust it and be able to use it um, consistently and accurately. Um, so Abel, for those of, of those of people in the audience, well, hopefully you know, we have a global audience for this podcast. Um, I've mostly worked in like US companies, financial services. you have more um, you know you've worked in various industries in the UK. I'm just curious your thoughts on the data maturity level overall in general for the organizations you worked at, um, it, do you feel it's they have repeatable and defined processes, or do you think there's still a larger gap or a laggard compared to other regions?
2: Um, I think for me, because sometimes with data, it's all about the sector you're in, in terms of industry as well. Um, for engineering, um, you, you you have to deal with loads of data basically, and for retail, you have to deal with da- loads of data, and sometimes the velocity of that data is really different. You know, people have been bounding the word big data. I think in most industry, you have the ability to engage in big data in terms of the velocity, in terms of the volume of the data. Um, and I, I think it's just about to understand your organization, understand this industry. And one of the things I always talk about with data management is around understanding the standards as well. What is the standard you're trying to adhere to? So for financial services, there's loads of regulations that you need to adhere to. Um, some of the regulations are coming from the Federal Bank or Federal Bank. Some of the regulations are coming from the, um, the the financial regulators as well. Um, some of the regulations are coming from you know whatever it is. So understanding that reg is important, making sure that you're delivering because sometimes some of them come with fines as well if you're unable to deliver. Um, however, I think just from a UK point of view, um, I, I see there's been a massive increase in every sector. Uh, where they've got customer, um, it could be internal customer, external customer. Um, for example, with EasyJet, the, w- they've got multiple or mini channels on how you can engage with them, how you can book a ticket, how you can um, hire a car, you know what you can do, you know the different transaction, and each of this transaction does an exchange of data. So the, the customer is extending their data you know, the business is capturing the data. And that's one of the great things about understanding the data lifecycle as well. Um, So for some organization, once they capture the data, they are mandated to send the data outside their organization, you know, in a more secure way as well. So really and truly, I, I, I don't see any industry in the UK or across the world at the moment where there's not been an increase in data. I think the challenge is, How are you going to know it? How are you going to trust it? How are you going to use it? I think that's the challenge. That's where most organizations are failing. And that's the reason why they're relying on people like host, um, you know, data management professionals to come in and help them.
1: Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you liked what you heard today and would like to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite player like iTunes and Spotify. And please do rate our podcast. Also, please go to our website, www.datatransformerspodcast.com for more episodes, blogs, and information on our speakers. Thank you.